0: Minor
1: Prophet, Chapter Number Two and Verse Number Eighteen Habakkuk, Chapter Number Two and Verse Number Eighteen What profiteth the graven image? that the maker thereof hath graven it, the molten image and a teacher of lies that the maker of his work trusteth therein to make dumb idols. Woe unto him that saith to the wood, awake, to the dumb stone, arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in the midst of it. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. My, you have two verses of of discussions about graven images. Verse number 20, I want to (coughs) read... That first phrase together, verse number 20, let's read it together. Are you ready? But the Lord is in his holy temple. Amen. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Man, that's a powerful statement. God's still in control, and he's where he's supposed to be. Hallelujah, Brother Casey. And we are supposed to praise him. And worship him. Amen. I want to speak to you for a few moments tonight on an audacious and polemical voice. An audacious and polemical voice. I'll explain what all that means. That's point one, two, and three. Audacious, polemical, and we'd we'd better never lose our voice. I said you'd better never lose your voice when it comes to worshiping and praising God. Hallelujah. Amen. An audacious and polemical voice. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your word. We ask that you would direct us tonight as we read these powerful words regarding false images, graven images, wood and stone that have no breath. And yet you're a God that still reigns. You are supreme. You are sovereign. We pray tonight that you would rend the heavens and come down and allow us to feel your touch and your anointing. We ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody said amen. 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 God bless you. You can be seated here tonight. We should be intentional about being loud, breaking the silence, and declaring that the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Habakkuk the prophet is writing here, and he is talking about the difference in the world regarding worship. And religious fervor he said there are those things the maker is putting his confidence in building an image covering it with gold covering it with silver he said they're dumb idols he said woe unto him that makes the wood awake and the dumb stone arise it shall teach he acknowledges that they spend time and effort making images hoping that they will teach And hoping that they will arise he says woe unto them there is no breath in the midst of those things but the Lord is in his holy temple God's still at work God's still moving God is still able to do above and beyond what we can even think or ask amen he's not a God that is silent but he's a God that responds to us therefore it should be our responsibility to be intentional when we come to the house of God to open our mouth and to magnify the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Did you come tonight with a muzzle into this place or did you come tonight with no chains on your hands or on your feet and no muzzle on your mouth, but you came with the ability to say, great is thy faithfulness, hallelujah. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. At the end of this passage, the scripture said, let all the earth keep silence before him. The command of silence to the idol worshiping world that is before God begs the question as it looks at idols or it looks at the Lord in his holy temple. The question is whose king and tonight i've come to ask the same question here who's king is it going to be the idols of the world or is it going to be the lord that is still in his temple who are you going to give allegiance to and who are you going to pay homage to i'm going to pay homage to the king of kings and the lord of lords i'm going to say you're the only sovereign god and there's none beside you and there is none else You're a God that is mighty, and you're a God that is powerful. And so I'm going to worship that king, and I'm going to answer that question with my actions. I'm going to praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, let us not forget that that is an audacious, it's an audacious act. Audacious means it's outrageous. It's unbelievable. It's an audacious act. Imagine being in the throne room of an ancient king like Esther. That has to make a determination of whether or not she's going to step into King Ahasuerus' throne room. That's a dangerous place. You don't just walk into the throne room of a king. We read the book of Esther and we know that the Jews were facing extermination. And if it had not been for Esther, said Mordecai, God put you here for such a time as this. And you need to use your influence and your ability. You need to use that to step into the throne room of the king and let him know that Haman, Haman is trying to destroy your people. You can't get satisfied just because you're in the king's palace and you have the favor of the king and the blessing of the the, the king, you can't shut your mouth to the plight of all of your own people. You gotta open up your voice and you got to declare, you got to declare what is happening, and you have to plead the case for the Israelites. You can't put a hand over your mouth, Esther. You gotta open your mouth, and God puts you here for such a time as this. Hallelujah. God puts you here for such a time as this. To do what? To give God praise. Praise, not to be a silent people, but to be a people with the praise and worship on your lips that comes out of your belly and that comes forth in adoration that says God is in control. God is the one that is able completely. <laughs> Esther, you've got to do something here. And he, he, he spent some time talking to her. And this was not an easy thing. It was was such a thing that she said, okay, then I want you to fast for me. I don't want you to eat or drink for three days, night or day. I want the maidens to fast. And after that period of fasting, I will go into the king, which is not according to the law. Not anybody just enters into the throne room. And if I perish... I perish. Mordecai went his way and did all that Esther asked. They spent some time in prayer and fasting. On the third day, Esther put all of her royal apparel on and made her approach to the king's house and stood in the inner court over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house. And it was so when the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court... He raised the golden scepter that was in his hand, which says you're not going to die today, but you're going to live. Are you thankful that when you worship God, (laughs) there is no apprehension that he's going to strike you down. You don't have to live under that fear. But when you step into the king's, even though it's an audacious act, what right do you have to step into the, the throne room of the king? Who do you think you are stepping into the throne room? Hallelujah. I want you to know that you don't have to fear anything when you step into the king's throne room, because there's a king that loves the fact that you're even in the building. He raised the golden scepter and she drew near and she touched the top of the scepter. And she spoke to him in the throne room. That is exactly what happens when you insert yourself into God's presence. You are inserting yourself into the king's throne room. That is an audacious act, inserting ourselves into the throne room of the king. That is an outrageous thing. That is a scandalous thing. Others may look and say you have no right to even be in a place like the throne room of the king. Who do you think you are? Well, the scripture said, and such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified. It's outrageous, but thank God he gave me an opportunity to open the door, insert myself into his presence, and say, oh king, I've come to give you praise. I I know I don't deserve to be here, but thank God that I'm here, and thank God that you receive me. Hallelujah, let's thank him together. Come on, let's agree together. Let's praise him together. (laughs) Amen. It's an audacious act. It's an outrageous act. It's a scandalous act. As if God needs something from you. (laughs) Yet here we are. We enter loudly and boisterously with, bless the Lord. Me and you, Sister Jeannie, me and you, praise God. We enter in with, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I mean, we step into the king's throne room as if we have every right to be there. Glorify the Lord. To bless is to bestow the power for life. To magnify is to make large, great, and more significant. To glorify is to make heavy, prominent, and weighty. As if somehow we could do those things it's outrageous it is an outrageous scandalous audacious act brother Nate will God be angry that you brother so-and-so or you sister so-and-so can enter into the throne room of God as if you deserve to be there and as if you could bless and magnify and glorify God will he be bothered no it's not like that when you enter into the king's throne room it's not like that at all it's like a child that comes in Into an adult important meeting and conversation, who comes in that doesn't know all the structures and doesn't know all of the protocols, but comes in to show dad something he's found in the yard. Look, Dad, I got a frog here. The king and the father is not going to say, Well, wait a minute, we're having an important conversation. At least, not the king and the father that I serve. But that king says, Oh, really? What do you have there? Fantastic. Look at that. That's a frog. Wow. Before turning back to the important things in life, the child has an understanding that I can walk into dad's house and say, I want because he's Dad. That gives me the same right to walk into the father's house and say, I'm going to praise you and magnify you because I've got every right to be in the king's house. So I'm going to bless your name. I'm going to magnify you. I'm going to bring you glory and I'm going to bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And, and all that is within me, I'm going to praise you. Amen. And the, and guess what happens? The king, when we come in boisterously like that, the king raises the scepter and recognizes those are my people. Hallelujah. I am pleased and I'm honored and I'm gratified and I'm blessed and I'm made bigger and I'm made more powerful when those folks on their own voluntary will make a choice to say nobody's forcing me nobody's coercing me i just want god to know that he's been really really good to me and i've come boisterously to magnify his name even though it may be even though it may be audacious An audacious act. And yet God gives us the ability to step into the throne room. Praise that makes a statement about how grand God is. When I praise him, I'm making a declaration. I am declaring that God is greater. God is more powerful. And he's more prominent than anything else in the world. Oh, I feel like we should just praise him for a moment right there. Lord, I thank you and praise you. (laughs) I know I don't have any right or deserve to be before you, but I want to magnify you and make you greater. I want to bring blessing to your name, and I want to make you weightier and more pronounced than you are. Praise God. I thank you and worship you. Amen. Amen. It is an audacious act, and it's also a polemical act. Polemical. That means an aggressive attack or refutation of the opinions of another. Jesus was polemical when he met with the Pharisees. The Pharisees said, we have Abraham as our father, which was an argument to suggest, and who do you think you are? And Jesus said, This is a polemical act. Before Abraham was, I am. It's a refutation of what they were saying. I know who Abraham is because I called Abraham out of the Ur of Chaldees. And I gave to him a promise. I was the Yahweh that gave him the ability to be the father of many nations and the faithful one. It's just that that Yahweh and that spirit has now become flesh and is standing before you. The same I am that called out of the burning bush to Moses is the same I am that's talking to you and saying, before Abraham was, I am. That is a refutation of somebody's opinion. It is polemical. It's a determined dismissal. Of everything else. And not only is our voice to be audacious, but it's to be polemical. It's to be polemical. The psalmist, when he writes and he pins songs, this is a fascinating point. The writer of the Psalms, when he's writing songs, is writing polemical. Polemical, what is that? That's a refutation of the opinions of something else or somebody else or another. Or in this case, the world. It is a polemical statement. How fascinating it is that the psalmist, when he wrote songs, was making a point. To say, this God is greater than any other gods. And it's a declaration. Seems like nowadays, at least in the Christian world, we have people writing lyrics and songs that are, that, are, that, that is not polemic. That doesn't make a stand, make a declaration, but just sounds like some love song that maybe Jesus could be added in. The psalmist said... In Psalm 96, verse number one, Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen. His wonders among all the people when Israel says the name of the Lord out loud silently or implied They are saying, not Baal, not Dagon, not Ashtoreth, not the sun god, not the moon god, nor any other deity. It's not those gods, but it is the God that brought us out of bondage when we were in Egypt and led us into the promised land. It makes a declaration that God is different than all the gods that are around us. Those gods have no gifts to give. Those gods have no benefits to bestow. Those gods have no summons to make. Those gods have no allegiance to any claims. They are massively and forcefully dismissed. This kind of praise is an assault on idols and the worship of idols. Hallelujah. When you praise God, your making a direct assault on the idols of the world and what you are saying is LeBron James is not king but the king of kings is king neither is there salvation and any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved When I praise God, I'm making a declaration. There are no gods beside him. There is none else. He is the only God I'm going to worship. He's the only God I'm going to serve. He's the only God I'm going to magnify and glorify. (laughs) Psalm 96 and verse number 5. For the gods of all nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. That's a declaration. The Lord made the heavens, not some idol, not something made out of wood or stone covered in gold and silver. They have no breath. And woe is to the individual making an idol, thinking it's going to respond to him in confidence. But the psalmist said, the Lord made the heavens. Mm. All the claims from culture and popularity are massively dismissed. Oh, I hope you're hearing me, parents. I hope you raise up children that understand and recognize we're not going to be in arena somewhere worshiping and praising idols of the world. (laughs) but we are going to be in the sanctuary. We're going to be in the house of God, and we've got a voice to lift up and to praise God and magnify him. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise him and worship him with everything that I have. Hallelujah. All the claims from culture and popularity are dismissed, and for this reason, then, praise is a political, spiritually, Political act because it assumes, it assumes, it assumes authority, power, loyalty, and the right. To define reality. That's the claims that it is making. It's not the world, it's God. God defines reality. It's not the culture of the world, it's God that defines the reality. It's not the world that should be influencing me, it's God that should be influencing me. I'm not changing my position because the world said it. Because it's God that is anchored and defines what true reality is. That's a political statement and that's how we should live our lives. I don't care what the world says, I'm going to listen to the voice of God. I don't care what popular culture says, I'm going to trust in the name of the Lord. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord, our God. You can play the music, baby, but we ain't bowing. You can heat up the furnace, but we're not bowing. You can throw us in, but God, God will deliver us out of the hand of the fiery furnace. Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, you ain't King God's King. (laughs) And you're messing with him. Praise God. It's a political statement. Praise becomes, Brother Nate Reese, an act of war. And you wonder why a pastor and why a pastoral staff wants a church on fire for God? Because it's an act, it's a declaration in an act of war. I'll tell you this right now. If we come in here and our voice is muzzled and there's nobody praying and nobody worshiping, I'll guarantee you there'll be no revival. There'll there'll be no move of God. There'll be no anointing. There'll be no chains that break and that are removed if there is silence in this house. Praise God. But But if there is a voice... In the house, Mm, let's see, what am I hearing? What am I hearing? I'm, I'm hearing some anointing. I'm hearing people that have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy that are standing on the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And there is something that starts happening when people start lifting up their voice in praise and adoration and worship. The king steps in and says, I'm going to reign in this house. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him together. Hallelujah. It's an act of war. It's an act of war. Praise God. Devil, you can't have that new convert. You can't have those people coming to the house of God. You can't have this city. There's going to be somebody with a voice. Amen. It's going to be somebody with a voice. It celebrates and makes claims that the world judges to be impossible. That's okay. That's okay. It's an act of war. Are you kidding me? You think your God can do that? Absolutely. That's why I'm praising him. That makes absolutely no sense. You folks are wild. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because we serve the king. And that means he's king over everything. Praise God. And all the idols that are in the world don't measure up to this king. That dumb idol can't forgive you of your sins. That idol that's made of wood and stone, that name attached and associated with that idol is not going to do anything for you. But when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, it's for the remission of your sins that's the king of kings that i'm serving that's the name that is being applied to my life praise god it's an act of war and those that say what you're doing is an impossibility the people of god rise up and say no it is a possibility if it is in the hand of god That world and that world of idolatry that wants to mock and dismiss the notions of possibility in which people trust too much. There's another side that the people of God in a statement of political solidarity with God says... You can't trust in money, you can't trust in fame, you can't trust in fortune, you can't trust in looks, you can't trust in talents. Those are all false gods that do not measure up to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Therefore, we as the signed people who have been signed with the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our life in baptism, we stand up in solidarity and say all of those gods will disappoint you, but Jesus Jesus he's never disappointed. There may be a certain power in the drugs and addictions and immorality of the world but there is there is there is there is nothing like the mercy of God, the faithfulness of God, the hand of God that is able to deliver. Woo. Amen. Psalm 146 Verses 7 through 10, you can see this. You can see this as the songwriter says, I'm going to write me some lyrics here to a song. Now, we don't know what those songs were like. There's no way of knowing in ancient times how that even works out. I don't know. That's why it's important to understand that he said, sing a new song, because we're not singing the song the same way that it was sung back then. I don't know what that was. Some say it was like a call and response, that you would say one line and then the audience would repeat the line back. And that Selah was like a musical interlude, and there would just be playing and people would be worshiping. I don't know. I don't know how that goes. But I do know in the lyrics of Psalm 146, there's an emphatic statement and declaration that is being made. It's audacious to enter into the throne room, and it is a political thing as well. It's polemical. It says God is and the rest of the world is not. Watch how this plays out in Psalm 146 and verse number seven. The Lord, everyone say the Lord, the Lord looseth the prisoners. Well, if it's the Lord loosing the prisoners, that's staying a declaration that only the Lord is able to loose the prisoners. It's not Baal, it's the Lord. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. It's not a modern idol that does it, but it's the Lord. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. Down, it's not a political system, but it is the Lord that does this. The Lord loveth the righteous, not some organization. It's not some organization that loves the righteous. It is the Lord that loves the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. It's not a political persuasion. As a matter of fact, I think we need to start moving toward the direction of saying that politics need to stay out. Let's see, not even in the lobby, but at the door out there. You want to get in the parking lot and talk politics? Go ahead. But when you come into this place, all the political discussions need to go bye-bye. You know why? Because God doesn't look at political parties. He looks at something called the church, and the church is made up of everybody, every nation, every skin color, every language. Doesn't matter what your politics are. What matters is, are you saved? Are you redeemed? Are you on the right track are you going the right direction are you being used in the kingdom mm. he relieveth the fatherless and widow but the way of the wicked he turneth upside down the lord shall reign forever <laughs> even thy god O zion unto all generations praise the lord what we're going to do is praise him we're not praising another we are praising him praising god abandons those things for an imagination of god doing great things in the world i'm telling you here tonight the church must have a voice and it must captivate our imagination. Do you believe that God is able to feel somebody with the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Do I have a witness in this place here tonight that these altars can be altars of forgiveness? Hallelujah. If you believe that, then it's captured your imagination and connected to your imagination is a voice that says oh yes we're praying for the next person to come in weighted down with sin that God is able to remove that weight of sin on their life and give to them a freedom and a liberty that can only be found in his name not silence not silence but a loud boisterous praise that fills the void of the world's silence you gotta have a voice you can't be silent if it gets too quiet somebody needs to say praise the Lord sister Jeannie praise the Lord when it starts getting a little bit tight there's gotta be somebody that steps up and says we're declaring war against the enemy praise God hallelujah glory to Jesus. Where's your voice? Where's your voice? Speak up. You, Habakkuk said, you are to tell the world to be silent. The earth is not supposed to silent you. You're supposed to silent the earth. You're supposed to say, shh. What's that I hear? Oh, I hear the creator. And the Redeemer and the Savior and the one that empowers. Here he comes. Don't hold your peace. Don't be silent because it would create a cataclysmic disorder in creation if you were to remain silent. Because Jesus said to those that told his disciples to stop praising and stop worshiping, he said, if these hold their peace, the rocks would immediately cry out you're supposed to tell the earth shh be silent and at the same time you're supposed to say here he comes the king of kings and lord of lords the one that comes riding on a donkey he's come to save people from their sins amen praise god as the instrumentation comes tonight Don't hold your peace but lift your voice. Two people in the same chapter. One lost his voice because of his possessions and one lost his blindness because he had a voice. Mark chapter 10, the Bible tells us that there was a rich man that came to Jesus and wanted to inherit eternal life and he did not follow Jesus. Even though he prescribed to some things that Jesus told him, some commandments, he said, I observed all those things from my youth. Jesus said, one thing you lack. He pinpointed this particular individual's problem. One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven. Come take up the cross and follow me. And his possessions silenced his voice. He was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. His voice was silenced because of the connections of worldly material things, and it quieted him. My, there's a lot of things that could go with that, a lot of distractions. It was a reasoned voice. It was a studied voice. It was a calculated voice. It was an individual that could have been used greatly for the kingdom of God. Yet he leaves in possession of his possessions. But no mouth and no voice. But just a few verses later, as Jesus is going by, there is a man by the name of Bartimaeus. <laughs> who doesn't have any possessions but he's blind he's got nothing to lose and he's got a voice and he starts shouting Jesus thou son of David have mercy on me mmm many charged him to be silent but Bartimaeus somehow had a connection to Habakkuk even if it might have been elementary He had heard enough about Jesus to say the earth needs to be silent. There's one by the name of Jesus. I know that he's been healing. And if there's anybody that can touch me, I know he can touch me. (laughs) And he had a voice and he started shouting. They tried to silence him and he grew the louder. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. As we stand together in the house of God tonight. God, there was a God that said, "Bartimaeus, come forth." They said, "He's calling for you, Bartimaeus." Jesus said, "What do you want me to do?" He said, "Lord, that I might receive my sight." Jesus said, "Go thy way; thy faith hath made thee whole." He didn't have any money, but he had a loud, boisterous, liberated mouth, and he received his healing. Amen. Amen. God desires us, ladies and gentlemen, here tonight on this Sunday night. He desires us to find our voice. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Who are you? You're the secretary of praise. So I didn't know that. Yes, you you didn't know you had a title? You got a title. You're the secretary of praise. You, you are the world's. High priest. You're the high priest that says the earth must be silent, but God must be glorified. Praise God. You, 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 upon whom all the creatures depend, upon whose tongue all the creatures, great and small, depend for proper doxology. It's you. You're the one that creates order that says, We were created to worship God. Not the tree, not the rocks, not the animals. God created us willingly to approach Him and praise Him and worship Him. And this is what gives you every right to step into the throne room and make your voice known and say, God, I want you to hear me. I want to praise you. I want your anointing to touch me. I've come before you to ask things. I need a touch of God in my life on somebody lift your hands right now and let's find our voice for just a a few moments here god i want you to hear my praise and my worship oh come on it's you that keeps god blessed and glorified and magnified he gives us That ability to bless his name, to glorify his name, to magnify his name. Hallelujah, with uplifted hands. Come on, make your voice known. Make your voice known. God, I want the holy thou to become thou among us. I'm going to praise you, and in the process of praising you, you're going to come down in the midst of us. When you praise him, he raises.